Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. All right, it's Market View, 9.04 on the clock. Australian stocks rallying this morning. The ASX 200 up a quarter point on the back of strong gains. On Wall Street overnight, markets in Japan, South Korea closed for Children's Day. Again, it's 9.04 on the clock. China markets reopening this morning following the May Day holidays. Investors have a lot to assess. Joining me now to break down all the action, the always professional Ryan Huang. How are you doing? Hey, Michelle. Quite a busy day. Indeed. Markets abuzz. The U.S. Federal Reserve's decision to raise its key interest rate rates by half a point as well as a strong rally overnight in reaction to it. The 50 basis point increase, the largest in decades since 2000 to be exact. U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell also releasing more details of how the U.S. Central Bank will shrink its balance sheet. That's a process known as quantitative tightening. So markets uh, jumped on the news, Ryan. I saw the Nasdaq, Dow, S&P 500 all rising close to 3% or more. So explain this to us. Now, normally higher rates provoke a sell-off. What exactly did Jerome Powell say that has investors cheering, really? Yeah, this was like the movie everyone was waiting to see and it went according to script. So no surprises there. I think that is what really lent confidence to the markets with the certainty that he projected and pretty much no hawkish surprises. So markets pretty much priced in what would already happen during the policy meeting. So let's do a bit of a overview of what the big moves were. So 50 basis points in terms of a hike and we are expecting 50 basis points as well in subsequent meetings. That was what was outlined by Fetcher Jerome Powell. So no 75 basis points on the table for now despite some of the Fed speakers like St. Louis Fed Chair or Fed President James Bullard signaling that we need um, more aggressive moves. So no aggressive moves in this meeting, or at least not as what uh, people will be surprised as. And also, the other part of the equation is its reduction of its $9 trillion balance sheet. So it is going to start moving come 1st of June in terms of reducing its assets it's holding on to. So this will be in phases, and the plan will see $30 billion worth of treasuries and then $17.5 billion on MBS or mortgage-backed securities start to roll off and then that will gradually increase to around $95 billion. So that in tandem will help to normalise uh, policies to a somewhat more neutral setting down the road. Now, the S&P 500's jump was the index's best single-session performance since May 2000. The benchmark index has now recaptured roughly half the losses that it chalked up last month. So investors are cheering or hoping that the Fed has just the right touch, really, raised rates enough to bring inflation under control, but not too much to drive the U.S. economy into recession. So do you think they have the dial set just right for a soft landing, Ryan? Yeah, it's almost like flying a hot air balloon, right? Yeah. You've been pumping it with so much hot air, over the past few years and then now it's time to bring it back down again. If you put in too much into the balloon, it's going to burst at some point. So you have to start releasing the air from the balloon slowly but not too much at, no, and not too fast because if you do it too fast, it's just going to crash. And that is the hard landing that they want to avoid. Just gradually easing up on the amount of air in the balloon slowly enough for a soft landing. But um, there are so many different moving parts here to look out for. You've got what's happening with the Ukraine war, also the lockdowns in China, just putting disruptions in the supply chain, possibly even worse down the road. So those are the parts to look out for. And if you look at the US economy, the confidence here is um, 
being really projected by Fed Chair Jerome Powell when he says the U.S. economy is in a strong position. And if you look at things like the job markets, it's quite tight. Um, wages are picking up. Jobs are still being created. So on that front, he feels the economy is able to absorb some of these um, higher or tightened policy moves. So something that is also giving some confidence to investors. Today's 50 basis point rate hike expected to be the first of several. The Fed widely expected to hike rates by the same amount in June, again in July. The markets are also expecting quarter point hikes in September, November and December. That's going to bring the Fed's key lending rate to two and a quarter to two and a half percent. Now from there, the path is less certain. Many analysts expect a further one percent hike in 2023, but Jerome Powell has been a lot less committed on that front. Let's turn to corporate earnings. Quite a couple of companies in the news to start with. Let's go with tech. eBay and Etsy shares both tumbling in after-hours trade thanks to weak second quarter guidance. So Ryan, is the pandemic fueled surge in online shopping over? What do you think these numbers from eBay and Etsy point to? Yes, Michelle, it certainly looks that way going by latest commentary coming through from some of the big e-commerce giants. So you pointed out um, eBay and Etsy. So they are looking at a bit of a slump in the after-hours trading following their latest commentary. And it's pretty much mirroring what we are seeing across the board from the industry. For example, Amazon has been growing at a really fast pace, but even they are slowing down. And if you look at Etsy's sales, they only rose 5.2% in the latest quarter from a year ago. That marks the first time revenue has grown in single digits. And revenue at eBay was down 17.9% year on year. So you are looking at a bit of a slowdown when it comes to sales. And I guess no surprises, people are not staying at home as much, not working from home as much. And people are going out to pre-pandemic habits, shopping physically. So you could maybe attribute some of this to high base effect as well. Shares of Etsy down 11% in after-hours action. eBay off 6.5%. Now, next up, we have Moderna. Just how is the vaccine maker's business faring, Ryan? As you would expect, also high base effects playing out here. And you have at least um, that weighing on the long-term outlook. But I think in the latest um, quarter, there is a bit of a bounce because of the locked-in contracts that they were um, able to supply to some of these contracts. So if you look at revenue, that is up to $5.92 billion from $1.73 billion. Mm -hmm. So you are looking at Moderna's vaccine uh, enjoying a bit of a boost as it rolls out in some markets. And also worth noting, it's one of the big three or one of the three vaccines in the US being rolled out. So it has that sort of monopoly or oligopoly of sorts to enjoy. But that's for now. So that's a big question. What's going to happen next? Moderna shares rallied nearly 6% overnight. However, they are still off nearly 40% since the beginning of the year. So what do you think of Moderna's prospects going forward, Ryan? Yeah, that is going to be a bit of a question mark for me where you have Moderna sounding confident, maintaining their full-year guidance of $21 billion in COVID vaccine sales, partly because of pre-signed agreements with various governments. Um, But at the same time, you might see some agreements um, not fully locked in. So that could be the uncertainty that could play out. For example, COVAX, uh, the international alliance that procures shots for some countries, has chosen against exercising that option for additional doses. So you might see that also play out in other contracts where um, those additional doses may not be required from countries who have started to already 
live if the COVID-19 virus become endemic in that sense. So that could be a bit of a dent and of course, high base effects at play. All right, time now for the segment I know you've been waiting for, the Elon Musk report. Yeah, barely, He's got a name for it now, Elon Musk report. <laughs> He's got a segment of his own. Barely a news cycle goes by without something of note from the world's richest man. So let's start with Musk in the world of cryptocurrencies. So overnight, briefly, Musk changed the image on his Twitter profile and it sent a crypto token surging. What was the picture? Oh my gosh, this is um, really <laughs> worthy to note because... Um, he was bought, so he changed it to a bought ape. So that spurred the price of the NFT series or project by nearly 19%. Imagine that just changing a profile picture without saying anything, enough to really shake up markets. Oh, goodness me. So a brief profile post of Musk of Bored Apes and the ape coin jumps 19%. It's not clear whether Musk has actually bought a Bored Ape NFT, right? Yeah, that is a twist in the story. Did he even buy in the first place? Exactly. So looking at some reports, he probably just right-clicked and saved it from someone and did not <laughs> actually own it. So in another tweet later on, he said, no, these things actually are non-fungible. So throwing further doubt into the whole um, feasibility of NFTs. Oh my so trolling goodness. everyone. Okay, in the meantime, you know, people are worried about whether Musk's control of Twitter is going to silence their voices. He's having a great old time lording over everybody else's voice uh, using Twitter as his personal plaything, I think. Now, when it comes to Musk and Twitter, the deal is not yet closed, but Musk has given fresh indication of how he might increase the social media's platform's revenues. Why is that? Yeah, he's got an idea to charge some people for using Twitter. I'm not sure if they'll be happy to pay to use it, but he's got this idea to get businesses and governments to pay what he calls a slight cost to use Twitter. Maybe it might work because governments and I guess businesses want to reach out to as many people as they can and they could be willing and able to pay for using Twitter. So that could be something to see if it will be lapped up because there is a lot of competition in the social media space and many of them do not require you to pay up. On the topic of Twitter, an interesting note, the company's vice president, Jay Sullivan, gave a presentation to Twitter staff overnight. And the first slide of his deck read, why bother? Sullivan posing a question that many employees have been wondering, why show up and build stuff for an app that Musk is buying? So why keep earning stock options at a company that's about to go private is the heart of that uh, why bother issue. So Ryan, what was Sullivan's answers to these questions? Yeah, in essence, it's all about believing in the mission of the company and your product and the impact it has. So if you believe in it, you have a duty and responsibility towards yourself, your colleagues and to the wider mission. So that is pretty much the essence of what he was trying to carry in his message. But there are a lot of valid questions among employees. Why should we bother when we don't even know where Twitter is going on from here in terms of how management might change, how policy might change, how the future of the company might change? Indeed. Well said, Ryan. Time for a game of up or down. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's look at Facebook. All right. Facebook is in the news for many reasons, but I am going with this one where it's a down for me. They are apparently having a hiring freeze. So not great news for a company trying to get a bigger slice of the pie. 
Indeed, down Meta planning to reduce hiring as its revenue growth is slowing and inflation concerns are increasing. Facebook's parent company also expects Apple privacy changes to continue to have an impact on its business. Let's look at Airbus. Mm, I'm going down with Airbus. It's in the news for the wrong reasons. And this is with its new A321XLR jetliner facing shorter flight times because of fire safety concerns. Mm, I like it when we do glass half empty, glass half full. I'm going to go with up for Airbus. The European plane maker's profits jumped threefold during the first quarter of the year as it netted 1.2 billion euros. Airbus is also speeding up production of its A320 family of planes to compete with Boeing. Next up, Semcorp Industries. I'm going with up for Semcorp Industries. So it's been trying to... Uh, pivot towards this sector, the green space, and it has bagged $1.2 billion in terms of uh, green loans for corporate needs, sustainability projects, and that, I think, is up for Semcorp. Indeed. Semcorp Industries successfully tapping markets to raise more than $1 billion in debt. The loan is linked to the company meeting sustainability performance targets. Yang Zijiang Financial is next on my list. I am going with... Well, I think down for me. And this is with its latest slump in its share price yesterday. So it's been on a bit of a slide since last Thursday, since debuting after its spin-off from Yanjinjang Shipbuilding. So I'm going down, but it's also in the news for uh, pending a decision from the CPF on whether people, investors, can buy their shares with their CPF investment scheme monies. Interesting. So I'm going to go with down. The markets haven't given this stock much of a welcome since it listed last week. It fell for the third straight session, dropping as much as 16% yesterday. Are you surprised at all by how poorly Yang Zijiang's spin-off is doing, Ryan? Yeah, to some extent. Uh, there was a lot of uh, rara and a lot of um, speculation. It might be in the right space because you know financial um, businesses are now the next big thing and um, Yang Zhijiang is a brand name by itself so something that may be worth watching Indeed. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 17 minutes into the local trading day. Capital and Investment led the Straits Times Index lower yesterday on a muted day of trade ahead of that much-anticipated U.S. Federal Reserve rate hike that we're going to speak about more during the show. This is your money. I'm Michelle Martin. The SDI finished down nearly a quarter percent at 33.49. Ryan, we know that the Fed's, and now that we know what the Fed's main move is all about, how is the SDI trading this morning? Yeah, talking about financials being in the right space, uh, we are going to zoom in into banks first. And we've got the banks in the green right now. OCBC is up 0.7%. And you've got the likes of DBS up 0.3%. And UOB higher by 0.2%. So prospects of rate hikes to come, helping to some extent raise the um, share prices of these banks. But at the top of the table, we have TimeBev up 3.7%. And you've got Yang Zhejiang Shipbuilding higher by 2.2%, followed by CityDev, Hong Kong Land, and Capital DC REIT. All right, let's take a look at the bottom of the table where we have just five names in the red. At the bottom is Capitaland Invest, and that is down 2.7%. It is trading X dividend today, and it's followed by Singtel, Genting Singapore, Maple Tree Industrial Trust, and SETS. And Taking a step back, this, uh, the STI is now higher by 0.5% at 3,365. So recovering from yesterday's slight slump of 0.2%.
Indeed. This is your money. I'm Michelle Martin. Thanks very much, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.